Now, isn't this nice? It sure is. We're just like two peas in a pot. Not hot. Hard. Hard. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Great Britain, United Kingdom, what a mess. It was boring at the start. Brexit became even more boring and now it's become really, really disturbing. On the telephone now to unravel the extraordinary events of yesterday in the UK Parliament is Russell Silverstone from Investec Asset Management in London. The thing that really struck me when I woke up this morning, Russell, after seeing with a good deal of fascinated horror last night is a quote from an EU official who said, better a horrible ending than an unending horror, which means that they're saying, well, you know, Britain, get on with it or UK, get on with it. And we're going to let you go without a deal. It's really, really disturbing to me. Hello, Lindsay. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and uh, unfortunately, there's also quite a few UK politicians that, that think exactly that. And the problem is we're trying to unravel ourselves from sort of 40 plus years of legislation and trading rules and, and friction as cross-border trader trading. It's not as easy as literally just walking away, hence hence sort of the never-ending negotiations and, and, and to and from Exactly. I remember when I was at university and, and at school, I would always cram at the last minute. You know there's an exam coming up in four weeks' time, but you still go out and play football and you still do other things and watch telly and stuff. And then right at the last minute, you think, God, I've got to really learn about this thing now because I've got an exam tomorrow. It seems to me that the, the Tory government has done exactly that, headed by Theresa May. Another analogy is, you know, late homework. You say, well, I've, my dog ate my homework. I've, I'll give it to you in a week's time. It's all so pathetic the way they've gone about it. Yeah, no, to- totally and utterly agree. And the, the really, I think, annoying, disturbing thing about this is all of the potential problems with with the sort of border on uh, between Ireland and Northern Ireland, which is one of the real sticking points on this. The government actually signed up to all of this back in December 2017, including our ex-foreign secretary, and, and, and it was obvious by early 2017 that this was going to be um, a massive headache. And yet, yeah, people still continue to bluster and bluff and say it was all going to be fantastic. And, and now, of course, reality is, is, is beginning to bite home. And, and the EU have, have played a very straight bat in all of this. Um, they said that the Irish board was one of their three main sort of sticking points. They've been completely upfront about it all. And yeah, exactly that. We've, we've, we've left doing our sort of uh, Brexit homework on the bus on the way into school. And it's, it's <laughs> very depressing. Um, and, and, you know, I think what's so depressing it was all absolutely inevitable. If people had bothered to actually read, the, read what was being proposed, um, including our legislators. So for me, it's depressing in that I think confidence in, in the UK's parliamentary system is, is going to be hit massively and goodness only knows what the long-term ramifications of that are. As we pre-record this interview, I think the FTSE is probably just open, but before we get to that, let's have a look at the sterling, because yesterday I saw it printing very close to 127, thinking it was going to break 127, the cable that is, and now I see it at uh, 128.60, so there's been actually been a rally in the pound. I, yep. That I don't understand yep. as well. No. Uh, pe- people will yeah. say, well, it was baked in, of course, but I mean, such a massive, massive vote of no confidence in, in the UK government and Theresa May has been welcomed by the market. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we, we have been long of sterling for some months now. And actually, if you, if you look at it on a, a sort of broad breadth picture against our major trading partners, so as a trade weighted index, sterling actually is back to the levels it was in our summer last year, August, um, September time, um, in, in, in a broad range. And what happened is that's very interesting. At any one time, um, you know, there's a range of possible outcomes priced into a market from, from you know, complete disaster to, um, to, 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 to sort of, you know, a really positive outcome. And what the market actually did yesterday initially was, oh my goodness, this is a disaster. Then it actually saw that the range of possible outcomes are actually shifting. Um, and those range of possible outcomes are shifting towards a, a, a more benign outcome than us crashing out without a deal. And the reason for that is, you know, there is no parliamentary majority at all for the UK leaving the EU without a deal. So, so if, 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 if we discount that or put it as a very low probability, one of the hope of the market, therefore, is that if the PM seeks cross-party thoughts on this cross-party consultation, then actually we're going to have a slightly so softer in the in the in the lingo Brexit, slightly more favourable outcome, and hence sterling sterling rallies. And and that I think is is what we saw yesterday. What we also believe will continue to happen. Yeah, I wouldn't like to be a currency trader on this morning, having to work out to your bosses what you're going to do strategy-wise on the proprietary trading desk for the next uh, couple of weeks. I would do absolutely nothing and just sit on my hands because we don't know what is next. What is next is the question I'm asking you. Is there going to be a general election? Is there going to be a vote of no confidence in Theresa May and her government? Is there going to be a second referendum? Or are we just going to drift inexorably towards those rocks which are the rocks of a no-deal Brexit? The, the, the latter, I would say is, uh, I don't want to rule it out, but it's less than a 5% probability. Um, as I say, there is absolutely no majority in favour of that, and therefore I don't think it's going to happen. Um, so, yeah, what happens next? The um, Labour Party opposition have called a vote of no confidence in the government. The uh, only way we can have an election is if the government um, loses that and we fail to create a new um, working government, and then under the sort of fixed-term parliament legislation we have here in the UK, an election isn't actually due to 2022. So the procedure to, to bring forward an early election is if either the incumbent asks for one, as our PM infamously did from last year, or the, um, they lose the vote of no confidence. That vote of no confidence is going to happen today, I believe, yeah. but it's, they're going to lose. And the Conservatives are in a, they're not in a strong position, but the Labour Party, so if you just toss up the opposition here in the UK, so the Labour Party, the Scottish National Party and the Liberal Democrats, 302 seats, the Conservatives, 317. So, you know, it's, it's, it'll be close, but everyone's highly confident that, um, that, that they will win, and especially as Tory MPs do not want to see um, a fairly left-wing Labour leader um, elected to government. So they will lose that. And then what happens essentially is that the PM is under obligation to come back for Plan B by Monday, which is obviously no time at all when we're talking about the future of our country. Yeah, she's on that uh, bus reading her notes already. I cannot, yeah, I cannot conceive a United Kingdom that is ruled by Jeremy Corbyn. He can't speak properly. He's a bad orator whenever he stands up in PMQs. That's Prime Minister's questions. He embarrasses himself. Please, please, Russell, tell me that Jeremy Corbyn will not be our leader. <laughs> I think it's I think it's highly unlikely, um, and and what's what's interesting and 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 you know those sort of 
sentiments are echoed in opinion polls. So despite this government being utter pandemonium, utter chaos, um, actually the Labour Party are behind in the opinion polls, which I think tells you all you need to know. So you know, even if we had an election, I still think you'd see the Conservative Party um, win, or, or maybe even you know, we could even have something as revolutionary as we saw in France, a sort of a, a centrist party um, comes along. But no, it, it won't be. It won't be a left-wing um, Labour government at the moment. I'd be very surprised. Um, so yeah, then, so the, so so then it's Plan B, um, which is essentially we go back to the EU and 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 try to get some concessions out. And I, I would everyone cast their minds back to the eurozone crisis you know we were on the edge in the eurozone crisis and and and, and you know the eu always does things at the last moment and and in moments of utter panic um and you know it feels like we're there now and so i wouldn't be surprised if we get um one we're going to get an extension of, of the exit process so the march the 29th date falls away and two i suspect we might get some slight concessions on this so-called irish backstop which is very technical mm. um, but very very important and, and if that happens the vote comes back uh, especially if we get cross-party um, consultation um, and it eventually passes. You sound very sanguine about it. You seem to think that reading the notes on the bus is going to actually come to some kind of satisfactory outcome, i.e. A, a B- minus or a C rather than a big fat F. Now, what are you doing on the desk of Investec Asset Management at the moment? Are you sitting on your hands and waiting? Or are you saying, right, no. we're going to back the fact that something is going to be, uh, some rabbit is going to come out of someone's hat and therefore Sterling's going to go up and the gilts will do well etc what are you doing yep yep so so actually we've we have in in relatively small size because of the uncertainty but we've been we've been positioned for a positive outcome for um i would say two to three months now and and the reason um for that harks back to that earlier comment i made about a range of possible outcomes and we realized some time ago, the, the, the worst case Brexit um, sort of messy exit um, is highly unlikely. And so you know, we think the range of possible outcomes shifts more positively towards the UK. So we have a long in sterling. It's cheap. Um, and we're looking to buy more. Um, and we have a short position. Um, so we're positioned for higher yields um, in the UK mm. uh, because we think as soon as we get clarity, um, you know, we are going to see an economic bounce um, and interest rates will begin to rise. And you know, I wouldn't want to underestimate just how um, the, the UK has literally ground to a halt, Lindsay. Um, you know, nothing is getting done. No one's making any commitments. Yes. When the uncertainty lifts, you should see a you should see um, you should see a bouncing activity. So we're positioned for that. Well, the Bank of England's been in its role as scaremonger has been really really scaring me with its forecast for inflation, for unemployment, for GDP plunging from its current level. Uh, that is something that is almost political in trying to scare other MPs to vote in Theresa May's favour. But do you hold any any store in what the Bank of England has been saying in the last couple of days? Um, I think it's you know, if, if we if we literally left on the 29th of March with no new trading agreements in place and actually immediately resort to trading on um, WTO standards, without a doubt, you would have um, an enormous economic impact. And so, you know, I think I think the government's been right to to warn about that. And he was also doing it in the context of trying to keep the financial system safe. I mean, that's one of the, one of his roles. And he was saying, okay, look, you know, if the worst case happens, what is the worst possible thing we can think up um, and if that happens what happens to our banking system and, and that's really where he was coming from but yeah absolutely it, it is you know it is 
of no doubt in my mind that if we had a, a, a sort of a, a so-called hard Brexit, the economy would literally collapse in a heap. Um, obviously, it would recover eventually, but you'd have a massive dislocation. Um, and, and that is also why uh, MPs understand that is also why it's not going to happen. Um, so that's why we're sort of reasonably sanguine and trying to sort of sail through the uh, sail through the stormy seas. Well, if Mark Carney is right, then property prices are going to fall 30% if there is a no-deal Brexit or a very, very hard Brexit indeed. So anyone that's not on the property ladder, maybe you can look forward to that. There's one silver lining. Russell Silverstone on a very disturbing morning. Thank you very much for your time. Russell Silverstone is from Investec Asset Management in London.